0: It's a multi-part. It's a multi-parter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Tangent Space Podcast. I'm John Kehias.
1: And I'm Brandon Anderson.
0: On this episode, we're going to be discussing a somewhat recent sci-fi film uh, Annihilation by Alex Garland that came out in 2018 which is based on the book by the same name by Jeff Vandermeer which is part of the Southern Reach trilogy Um, although the movie basically just takes place during the first book and is a standalone adaptation. Um, So I've read the three books um, at the end of last year beginning this year and we've both seen the film recently which had Natalie Portman and that guy who's in some of the new Star Wars movies Say what? Lewin Davis. Um, It stars Lewin Davis.
1: This was the husband?
0: Indeed. Oscar Oscar Isaac.
1: Got it. Okay, so yeah, you want to tell us like basic plot just so everyone's on the same page if they haven't seen it?
0: Yeah, so obviously, spoiler warning, we will be spoiling the movie in its entirety and probably good portions of the books, although the books are quite different. Um, Anyway. Noted. So the basic plot in both the book and the movie is that there's this area where some sort of meteor landed or some sort of disaster, something strange is going on that they call Area X. Um, It's not entirely clear where it is. Um, I believe it's supposed to be like in the southern part of the US somewhere on the coast. That doesn't really matter. So it's this area where weird things have been going on. It's been quarantined off from the public. And there's this agency called the Southern Reach, which is sending in uh, expeditions of soldiers and scientists to try to understand. But they've had basically no success and very weird things happen. So the overall, that's the kind of setup. And then in the movie and the book, we follow this character who's a biologist, uh, Natalie Portman in the movie, who goes to the area as part of the latest expedition. And things kind of fall apart um, in kind of classic Sci fi, science horror type movie where things go wrong, there's creatures, there's people not behaving rationally, um, and they see lots of weird stuff and try to figure out what is going on there. That's the basic yeah. setup of the movie.
1: Yeah. Pretty psychedelic journey.
0: Yeah. So i maybe we should start first overall. I'm curious to hear what you thought of it without knowing anything from the books.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. I. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, definitely had sweet visual stuff going on the whole time and some weird, disturbing imageries. Uh, There's a lot of, like, mutation and stuff going on. I mean, that was one of the main themes, was that inside this weird zone, there was, like, just rampant mutation. Like, every species was different. And the closer you got towards the center, the more egregious it was. Yeah, my take really was that this was, like someone dealing with cancer in their life and then wrote a sci-fi story about it. Um, it, yeah, it was all about like life sort of turning on itself. And then there was this whole scene at the end where, uh, Natalie Portman dealt with her, like a doppelganger of herself. The, the mutationy stuff in the very center was super strong and it copied her roughly. And, she had to do this like escape from the center um, where herself was just, her doppelganger was mirroring her. Right. And she couldn't get by it because it was just doing exactly what she did. And it took her some time to realize that and sort of trick it and burn it and escape. Uh, but yeah, it felt yeah like that was the quintessential cancer bit. It's like, fighting yourself it's all growing and trying to replace you and so on and uh, i don't know that that was my take a basic take anyway
0: and overall liked it good bad
1: uh yeah it was good um uh like a tiny bit clunky but on the whole no it was it was decent i liked it
0: to translate for our audience that's like four out of five stars from brandon maybe even <laughs> maybe even like six out of five stars. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think you bring up a couple of, I think, parts that were done really well, like the overall sense of the weirdness, right, of the mutations, mm. um, the kind of strange things going on in, in Area X and this unknown whatever happened there, I think was well done in the movie. Uh, quite mm. a bit different than in the book. I mean, for obvious reasons, like in the movie, you're going to rely on visuals. And it does that pretty well, I think, in terms of like really lush, but slightly weird landscapes And kind of Mm -hmm. bizarre creatures and plants. In the book, it's kind of described not quite as fantastical, but since it's told in the book from the perspective of the biologist, um, Natalie Portman's Mm -hmm. character. So interestingly, in the book, as a side note, they don't use names. They feel like that's part of something that you (laughs) shouldn't bring into Area X because they really don't understand how it responds and so they start limiting technology and names and all the stuff that they bring in. So in the, in the book, huh. people are only described by their occupation. So there's the anthropologist, the psychologist, the biologist. Um, but since it's told through her perspective, she often, from her journals, it gives you an idea of what she sees as weird. So like weird biological things, things that shouldn't live there or are like yeah. on the wrong cycle given the time of year. Um, yep. So I think they translated well in terms of making that a visual thing and making it a bit more fantastical. Uh, that, was, that was good. And this overall idea of this, yeah, seeing it as a view of someone fighting cancer or of ecological disaster, climate change, um, mm. all these different ways you can read, I yeah. think is also kind of well translated in terms of an overall theme between the two. Um, yeah, for me, overall perspective is kind of odd because the whole time I was watching the movie, I was just comparing it to the book. And I kind of knew right. what happened in the book. And so it was it was really weird. I couldn't maybe get into the sense of mystery and unknownness oh, yeah. because I've spent so long reading the books and thinking about being in that world in a different way. That now I'm just mm. kind of seeing how it's translated and, and the take. And the movie itself doesn't really follow the book very closely at all. It's mm. kind of meant as like inspired by the book or like the director's... Um, like his feelings and how like his reaction to the book, which I think is a nice okay. way of doing something that's a pretty I would say a pretty difficult thing to adapt um because of the themes it deals with and the way it's written um so yeah, I thought that yeah. was, that was done I really think maybe I need to watch it again with knowing all that or watch it after like a year or two of forgetting what happened um yeah but yeah, I mean, I feel like it was lacking in certain parts I enjoyed more in the book, of course um But I think overall, the sense of getting this kind of weirdness, the mystery, um, the kind of Mm. different factors, going I thought overall was pretty well done. I would have liked to see certain aspects in the books that weren't in there, like um, the way they were dealing with the expeditions and getting rid of technology and using um, hypnosis and certain like command words. Hmm. So Annihilation, Hmm. the title of the book is actually a command word that's used on the expedition. The psychologist has control of them. Annihilation is the word she uses for them to commit suicide or would.
1: Oh, if if, like things went horribly wrong, I was wondering what the fuck it was called that for. Yeah. And so I thinking about this the whole time, like what? Yeah. My, my thought was that it somehow represented the, you know, you getting repurposed, right? So if you, if cancer takes you over, it takes your materials and switches them into cancer or if evolution happens or something, you know, you die and you get repurposed that was the what they meant by annihilation was like the the purpose of your materials you know what i mean that was being annihilated
0: yeah i think that's i think the the theme and the title kind of goes more with that rather than just as it being used as this word but it ties in with that and the other books for those wondering the second book is called authority and the third book is called acceptance so authority Uh takes place with um kind of seeing what happened at southern reach the agency dealing with okay. this and the kind of behind the scenes politics and you know jockeying for power and how people are interpreting oh. it and the fact that they don't really have control at all over anything that's happening right. um and the third book is called acceptance and again these things kind of also tie into thinking of it in terms of disasters cancer um stuff like that where acceptance mm. returns back to area x and seeing kind of how things have gone and wrap up the story right um, but yeah, it would have been nice to see a little bit of that, um, those interactions in the characters and how the psychologist wasn't trusted in the books and the role she played and the mystery around her um, and what mm. happened to some of the other team members um, and just how that affected uh-huh. people. Uh, and we see that a bit in the film, I think, right, where he shows a video of what happened to the expedition before where the biologist's yeah. husband was involved. Um, yeah. And that was horrifying yeah, <laughs> to see the, something like that. The only like guy that. to come
1: out. Yeah. Although, yeah, this is a point I guess we should mention. But that, so her husband had been on an expedition that went in beforehand and they were both like military or ex-military. And her husband was the first person to come out of this place. Like they sent people in all the time, but nothing ever came out except for this dude. And then from what I gather by the end of the movie, that wasn't actually him. That was his doppelganger that the cancer whatever the hell it is had made yeah and that's oh, is that and that's, yeah. Was that's it like similar, that in the book at all
0: yeah the a similar idea they change a little bit so in likewise i think in the movie they mentioned previous expeditions i don't remember how many um in the mm-hmm. book um it talks about like i think 12 expeditions before although throughout the story you mm-hmm. find out that that's not the entire truth um and there's more going on there um but yeah there's these previous expeditions i think And again, I I don't remember what you find out in the first book or later books, but I think early on you know that someone returned from, like, the very first expedition. And he was Mm, normal. I mean, some PTSD and kind of messed up in other ways, but Uh otherwise intact. And then, yeah, like the movie in the book, the previous expedition has the husband of the biologist. But in the book, I think most of the people come back from the expedition, but they're all like him in that Mm -hmm. they seem kind of like a shell of a human they don't really react they don't quite remember it's like someone yeah. who's like half in a dream like they kind of know things yeah. that happen but they don't feel it they haven't lived it um and then in yeah. the book they all like are fine for a while they all come or the ones that come back are fine they live a kind of weird life they get scooped up by southern reach and studied but they have no answers like in the movie they don't remember anything or it's all mm-hmm. very vague um then they all end up having a series of cancers and their body's just kind of destroy themselves um over time and they die and then this new expedition goes in but that was something that had just changed that the fact that these people came out they don't know how they Mm -hmm. came out in the book the um entrance to area x is tightly controlled they i think they only know of like one in and out way otherwise there's this kind of Uh invisible barrier where oh like Mm -hmm. you get something terrible happens when you cross it um not well understood but they have Mm -hmm. like a doorway and that's never really quite explained how that works. I don't think they understand how it works. Um, but what is odd is that these people just reappeared in their old lives. They just kind of popped up like in the movie where he just is in his house. He doesn't know how he got back. He doesn't remember anything. Oh, weird. Um, I see. So, so they kind of they you know adapted that in the movie a bit. Um, and again, you find out oh. more of that backstory later on. But it's the same yeah. idea that these people came back changed or copied or something.
1: Right. Yeah, I, it really gave me like a invasion of the body snatchers kind of feel at the oh, end yeah totally because like they were showing this weird rainbow light that represents the mutation force or whatever in both of the husband and wife's eyes when they were reunited at the end mm-hmm. like got the sense that it had somehow even if they weren't doppelgangers they were controlled by it and now it was out and no one knew
0: yeah now and, and that was something in the i thought was a minute interesting interpretation in the in the movie how you see them kind of literally changing form right talks about this refraction of dna analogy which is yeah whatever it's (laughs) okay hold
1: on hold on i i just gotta stop sidebar (laughs) bitch session (laughs) Uh you're saying how like everyone's referred to as their job title yeah but especially bothered by the physicist and this is like It's just such a trope in a movie (laughs) that if the author, or a book, if the author wants to say some bullshit, you know what I mean? That, like, sets the world, or whatever their mystical interpretation of the universe is, they just make a physicist say it. (laughs) God damn it. There's no DNA refraction prism. Like, (laughs) what the fuck is that? Or, like, why would a physicist understand that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like... Uh, oh man but that is i mean let's
0: be honest that is rooted a little bit in the real world right where you have physicists going off in some other field or whatever and just (laughs) thinking they know all that and commenting on all subjects yeah Yeah,
1: well sometimes successfully
0: not all the time
1: yeah really (laughs) (laughs) yeah i yeah i want to get into this prism though i don't know do you something else we want to talk about first no i think that's
0: interesting to see uh, like I said in the in the movie, they kind of made it more visual and literal in a sense, right? Mm. They kind of say what is happening: that DNA yeah. is being changed, different species are being merged. You see these flowers that are like all flowers combined, yeah, and all yeah, this so stuff, and plants it's very visual. They're
1: like human shapes,
0: right, or people growing into plants or whatever.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, so yeah, they explained it. It was like this thing is not just an area; it's a prism, and so everything that gets expressed or said or is genetically just like bounces around and mixes with each other. Yeah. And yeah, it's a crazy idea, right? Because I don't know. I mean, usually we're very isolated in that sense, like all life, right? You, you only really transfer genes reproductively. Um, you know, so I'm sitting next to this plant, but we don't share anything like common ancestor billions of years ago, but there's no mixing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I, I don't know, I looked into this a bit and it is, it does still happen and it's called like horizontal gene transfer versus reproductive, mm-hmm. which is vertical. And it happens with like, you know, small organisms like mitochondria and stuff. Sure. Can yeah can pass things between each other and so that still happens some and there's some other really weird exceptional cases but you know for the most part no that does not happen anymore it's just like a relic of older times
0: mm-hmm. i mean you do have though hybridization right of different animals or plants that you can sometimes right. cross and and do things to but typically not for something as complicated as a person
1: Yeah, yeah, no, this, this really got me thinking. Yeah, so there was like a couple super creepy moments in here where, especially that bear, right? Remember the bear? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there was this like horrible bear monster pretty far into the Zone X or whatever. And it like would soak up people what they said and echo it oh yeah would, like murder someone and it would speak with their voice after that super creepy was, like, really creepy shit but anyway it sort of made me think about like hybrid human hybrids in general and like what where is this line? because we there's so many examples of it in our culture like you know think of like disney movies or <laughs> mermaids or centaurs or minotaurs or whatever you know like mm-hmm there's a ton of examples of successful hybrids in that we like accept them and think they're aesthetically pleasing. Right. Then there's like a whole other section that's just abomination and gross. Right. Like a lot of hybrids are disgusting to us. Thinking like, like Island of Dr. Moreau kind of hybrids, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think it's, yeah, what I was trying to get to the bottom of what, where is that line? Like, why do we love some hybrids and why do we hate others?
0: I can honestly say I've never thought about that question before. Yeah. What makes yeah. some okay and some not? Uh, that's a interesting question.
1: Right? It's super weird. Yeah, like, I mean, we God, we hybrid is so much stuff. Like, look at dogs, right? This is so fashionable right now to make, like, a Labradoodle or a like a husky corgi or some shit, you know? And then we're all like, oh, it's so cute. It's half and half. Like, yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, there's other things that you'd mix and be like, fuck, that is gross. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, really weird. I don't know what it is. Is it just like, if it looks like it would survive, it's nice. <laughs> or, if, <laughs> or if it looks like it's hindered in some way, then it seems like cancer and we hate it. I, I, but people sure.
0: like those like bulldogs that can't really breathe and they think they're really cute, but they're like suffering mm. the whole time because they can't breathe. That's
1: they're... true. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, that's terrible. But I don't, I don't know. I don't see the hybrid in them as much, right? It doesn't look like two forms competing. It just looks like a, right, some
0: design. sort of <laughs> breeding selection that they've done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know (laughs) if there's an answer to this.
0: But what about um, if we think more in like sci-fi movies? What about cybernetic android hybrid humans, or like where they've Mm. used implants or placed stuff with machines? Whether yeah, that crossed my mind. The Borg or Robocop or. I don't know. Yeah. Matrix.
1: I think in some ways it is body horror, like occasionally, like when people see Borg. I remember seeing that as a kid, right? And seeing Jean Luc like all borged up and I thought it was gross and I was like, ugh, like look at all that shit sticking out of him. Like right. that ain't right. <laughs> but I don't know that it's quite to the same fear. Hmm. Maybe it is.
0: I mean, I, I think, I feel like that same, or maybe it's a little bit different, but seen as purity of the human form or messing with, you know, creation or something that I think comes up as a, as a point of contention in some like cyberpunk type literature where you're talking about people Mm -hmm. replacing parts, of their bodies or becoming more robot or living forever through that. And that ends up being some sort of like, what is human? What is not in the kind of sci-fi future type? and that's but that i think that seems that seems to be more on philosophical grounds or more clearly on that than just like it being
1: i think a lot of it's that you you worry about competing um desires in your uncontrolled systems maybe that's what i get you know what i mean
0: like the different sides that are mixed in there
1: Yeah, like, so I mean, you got all this. Yeah, this, okay, this is part of the cancer thing too, but that you're a lot of what your body does is not direct control by you, right? Right. And so you're just trusting it to do what it's supposed to do most of the time. But then one of these hybrids, like, you have the potential to have competing directives in the stuff that you can't control. So like half of you wants to be a lizard and half of you wants to be a person <laughs> and you don't have control of those. So like, and they're not unified anymore to the like goal of just survive. They're, they're trying to, they have other objectives, which is take over potentially, or be more like a lizard or whatever. And then now you're at risk, right? Cause you're no longer of one mind which is, to me, the cancer problem, too. Well,
0: maybe there's also some that people, I, well, I don't know, mm-hmm. to generalize, but some people are, I think, afraid of being attracted to something they're not supposed to, right? Like, you see mm. this a lot in people being homophobic or whatever it is. Like, it seems like it's more of a reflection on their own fears of being attracted to something or wanting huh. something that maybe they were raised not to like or have some whatever reasons to think it's not okay. And they're just so afraid of being tracked because you can't control that really, right? Like if you're, you know, Mm. just if you're human, you're attracted to some other type of human usually. And you don't really control. That's Mm -hmm. just part of your core genetic identity, right? You can't control. If you can control anything, it's definitely not that, right? So maybe that's like that kind of fear, right? That's the deep part of you that really drives a lot of, you know, your nature, and trying to procreate and propagate your genes. And that's like the core basic thing in there. And you can't control that. Right. So maybe that's part of the fear of not having control, right. Of something that feels so right. fundamental,
1: right. Yeah. It's an interesting, yeah, that whole, Oh man. I, I started thinking about this, like about, um, Akira. You remember that movie?
0: Indeed. Quite good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Hard to forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Akira is this old, really famous anime movie where a kid gets some crazy mental powers. I haven't seen it in a long time, but he, you know, is getting harassed by the government or some agency. And anyway, that's the problem until his powers really start to awaken. And then his real problem becomes himself, where he like, He has basically God power. He can create or do whatever he wants with his mind. But it it seems like his body has its own, can also do that. Like every cell has God power in this kid. And so they all have their own objectives and like, he's not at all in control of what he wants to do Mm -hmm. or he's not the only person driving the ship. Right. he'll like spontaneously grow new giant organs and tentacles and shit like (laughs) like that are from other parts of his mind that he's not directly controlling or other parts of his body and and it really is like horror and it's pointing out that you you don't have the only say in what's going on in your body um yeah and just like exaggerating that to show you that look at all these other things that are controlling what's going on besides what you want. Like you don't want God power because you're not even one guy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And to to bring it back to the film and and the book series, right. So that's something we saw in the film as some of the characters, um, started, what's her name? The physicist, right. She starts growing Mm. plant like stuff and then disappears or becomes a plant or something. Um, yeah. And you don't really see it too much with the biologist, I think in the movie, but, um, and I would have liked to see more of this in the book. What happens is she, uh, either touches or breathes in some spores or some like pollen. Um, so there's this Mm. whole thing in the book, which the movie doesn't do at all kind of does in a different way where they find this tunnel or what the biologist calls, um, a tower. And it's kind of like an inverted tower going down and it's wall. And I would have loved to see this. This would have looked really cool. Um, and spirals down and the wall is filled like these plants and they glow and there's words written using the plants they're glowing and it's like some crazy um like kind of apocalyptic fire brimstone type passages it's not in the bible but it sounds something like that but it's incoherent and kind of scary and it's it's weird and there's a creature writing this using plants um And the whole wow. thing is, yeah, the whole thing is, and because of the way, and you see this, I was reading a little bit about people's reviews and interpretation of the movie. You see a little bit in the movie that because she's recounting her experiences, you don't necessarily trust. I mean, it doesn't really come up in the movie, but right. you could go back and interpret some of it as what is she saying and what actually happened. And in the book, yeah. because it's her journals, it's a little more explicit where she says she's not sure if this happened or, you know, it's what she remembers, but that right. doesn't make sense. Or so you can kind of... in um gets that sense a little bit more directly. Um, Mm -hmm. but in there she, you know, when they counter this, she touches it or breathes something in and she describes as having some sort of brightness in her that starts growing and taking over. And that's kind of in the books, how it deals with this change and what's happening to her, that she tries to hide it. She doesn't, she feels bright and like all these things that don't really make sense. And she knows it doesn't make sense, but she can't describe it any other way. And the psychologist reacts to that and sees it. Um, and this oh. goes into whole her, whole, her transformation. So in the movie, that takes place a bit in, as you're describing, with the fight with the silver doppelganger type thing and this, mm-hmm. um, whatever it was, the center of the area near the lighthouse, which kind of takes the place of the tower slash tunnel in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that same idea of she experiences something she can't control. She knows it's in there. She doesn't know what it is. She knows it's changing her. And mm. it's frightening, but also she kind of likes it, like it helps her navigate some of the horrors of Aerie X and surviving. Um, huh. So it's it's a weird kind of mix of, yeah, the changes of that kind of horror aspect of you not being in control, but maybe yeah. something that's taking care of you, so maybe you embrace it. Uh, so right. it's, it's very interesting, and, and because in a book you can get that because it's told from her point of view and her struggle, and you get that right. internal sense. In a movie, that's right. going to be very difficult. Um, which is why I can understand that being changed a lot.
1: Yeah. This is the great thing. I really love this concept though. Like, I mean, it's super scary, right? That all your body is out of your control, but it's also super powerful. I mean, that's why, you know, you can be a multi-celled creature, right? Like we can do anything complicated. Yeah. You, if you want to do anything good, you have to like give away power. You have to give away autonomy Mm-hmm. And let all these things manage their own, or you wouldn't you wouldn't have the bandwidth to do anything else, right. right? It's like it's like such a universal concept, like that's government, that's everything, right? Yeah, yeah, like or AI, right? We're doing this all the time now, right? Where you just offload uh, thinking to free yourself up, and the whole becomes better. You become you can do emergent stuff that you would never have been able to do before. But then there's this whole trust issue that always happens, right, where you give away that authority and then think, oh, fuck, what if they turn against me, you know? like.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, you don't have that direct control. You try to hopefully get a net benefit from that. But yeah, you're definitely yep. giving up something.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fundamental. I like it.
0: Um, So what's on your... Uh essentially hit a lull what's on your list of notes
1: i meant to ask you actually mm-hmm. uh, what did you think it was like theory what the fuck is area x where did it come from what is it
0: so okay when i was reading the first book let's say um i my my mind automatically jumped and probably based on like whatever little things i heard of the book jumped to like aliens of some sort
1: yeah yeah. having
0: taken over yeah, we're talking taken over this thing the story they give to the public in the book and i guess they say in the movie not maybe as directly as that there was an ecological disaster i think it says it in the movie um mm. oil spill or whatever and the whole area is quarantined and closed off and people can't go there and most people just ignore it um and you know nothing nothing big to think of there for the general public um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so my mind immediately jumps there in the second book where you kind of hear more, see more behind the scenes, in their interpretation or like what mm-hmm. the scientists and bureaucracy and stuff is thinking. That's yeah. one that they kind of have there, but they don't really want to say, I think partially because they're like the feelings that maybe a little bit afraid, like if an alien or some foreign thing takes over this land, it, can, it does like the, the zone that it's in is completely impenetrable. You can't do anything. You can't go in and out except for through that entrance. So, like, it has complete control and it does all these weird things. So, like, that'd be pretty terrifying if that's the reason. So, I think people maybe be a little yeah. bit in denial in the huh. in the agency there about it. Um, Just can't yeah, say th- it, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then I think one of the things that the movie kind of does that you do see in the later books is a sense of, uh, yeah, something taking over, kind of transplanting itself there. Um, it's never really spelled yeah. out in the books as directly. Um, not that it is in the movie either. Um, but yeah. this idea that this is something from far away—it's just trying to survive. It's incorporating right. the wildlife, it's the humans, technology, whatever comes in there just to survive and expand. It's not like right. a—it's um, not like an overt alien invader yeah. or something like that. It's just like right. survival. Yeah. And I think what they that does well in the book and in the movie um, and so much like Arrival is like the weirdness of that. Right? You don't necessarily expect that you encounter alien life you can understand it or even know it when you see it oh yeah right we've talked about this before i think that's just so weird and different and the books and the movie and like arrival as a movie also and i assume the story all kind of gets that across you just don't really know and there's this ambiguity of it's weird something's happening but we can't even know what it
1: is really they're like what do they want and they're like we don't even know that it wants it just right yeah yeah and i think that's which i actually it's not even clear that it's sentient like yeah it could be just like a really successful mold, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, like we don't know that it does anything beyond like replicate and grow.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's more of leaves open interpretation, but it kind of leaves in a nice sense of, to me, of that type of not knowing these things, right. Of true could be true horror, could be true exploration, whatever it is that you just don't really know or don't,
1: ever have the answers um yeah oh yeah was, do you think there was any significance to the lighthouse like it seemed like a pretty heavy symbol yeah there's a or was it just imagery
0: there's a lot i don't know how much of that was just um deliberate or non-deliberate interpretation by the writer director of the movie um, in the books, it does have a lot of significance. And some right. of it's not necessarily clear that it is significant. Like in the beginning, a lot of it's mm-hmm. that the expeditions tend to be fixated on the lighthouse or they're told to go there. And there's a lot yeah. of centrality around it when it's not really clear that it has anything to do with it. Um, and you find out yeah. more of the actual connection and the backstory in the later books about um, the lighthouse. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty symbolic too in sense of... Um, you know kind of the last piece of land warning ships coming in yeah exactly it's like the
1: first thing to get corrupted is your warning system right Right, exactly very cancer-like to me yeah
0: yeah Um, this lighting the way home for something that's been gone um yeah it's it's very interesting around the lighthouse lighthouse keeper and then the relation to what i um the biologist calls the the tower or whatever she calls it or mm -hmm. the tunnel and what other people call it Yeah, and so, you know, there's this debate over is a tunnel, is it a tower, and it being like possibly a mirror image of a lighthouse or not, and it being like Mm. a a weird um, kind of, in in the book, this comes out through that part and other places of the idea that the world, besides the biology, that the physics might be a little bit weird Mm -hmm. in terms of like up and down and uh, like the physical laws being slightly off or something different. So there's this other worldly sense to it beyond just the changes in the wildlife right that come out through there as well um but yeah so there's definitely i would say some uh yeah you can definitely interpret that in different ways but the lighthouse does prominently feature in the books hmm.
1: gotcha yeah man this is all making me realize how very like lost this movie was
0: <laughs> how very what
1: it really reminds me of lost oh you know what i mean like these people just wandering around in the forest and just right. random unexplainable shit going on and uh-huh. people going crazy and like and then you know like later in lost where there's all the physical stuff you know the time travel and the shifting around and
0: for for what for nothing right they're just dead or not dead yeah. or jesus <laughs> or something K. who minus even knows? minus the
1: end But like up to that, you know, that feeling you're in a weird area that like normal laws don't apply and like everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. Why is it here? And there's all these like leftover bits of previous people that were here, like videos that you can Uh watch. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Pretty lost. Like.
0: Yeah. That was something I think most people thought lost it pretty well. Right. The kind of mystery or weirdness yeah
1: bizarre happenings Mm. yeah i like it i like the setting all right well i think uh that was everything for today in conclusion cancer sucks watch annihilation peace out
0: thanks everyone for joining us on this episode of the tangent space podcast don't forget to subscribe like share send to your friends whatever scream it from the top of a tall building about how awesome we are, whatever, whatever you like, um, find us on com and wherever you like to subscribe. Thanks for joining us.
1: I don't think any amount of hobbits could kill a mammoth.
0: I think the answer was like 800 or something. I'll have to look it up.